Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live. This is what I'm preaching on this morning from Romans chapter 12, but I just feel this sense from the Lord that we just need to do it rather than me talk about it. So if, if you're game, I think that'd be a more effective message than me trying to convince you that this is something we're supposed to do anyway, um, which we need encouragement, we need convincing, but there's times when we just got to do it. Um, so Ginny's on board. Thank you, Ginny. This, this is uh, from, from 1213. It says this, Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And as I'm sitting there listening to just you worship, and I know enough of you, and I've walked with you, and I just know there's, there's a lot of brokenness in this room right now. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of challenge. I mean, listen to Jordan and what she shared about life and the, the ups and downs and so I, I just feel that God wants each and every one of us to be encouraged and blessed. And oftentimes the way that God does that, most of the time the way that God does that is through his people. It's us. We are the conduits through which we are to live out God's will in this world. And, and hopefully, we're, you know, we're queuing into God's word and God's speaking to us and, and guiding us and leading us. But um, this is what I want to encourage us to do, and I'll just have the worship team continue to play, but I would love for every single person in this room to be heard and prayed for this morning. Not by the prayer team, um, or only by the prayer team, but by one another. Because, because, uh, yeah, I just feel like that's what, what God wants us to do. So it's going to be different. It's going to be a little awkward. Um, and for some of you, it might need to be the person you showed up with, because because, uh, and I can speak from experience that this is true, maybe you haven't been listening to that person well enough uh, and praying for that person well enough. But for others of you, part of what I was going to talk about this morning is how many times do we sit around people that we don't even know very well or, or if we know their name, we don't really know what's going on in their lives, if we're honest. And so I just want to invite us all to maybe turn around, maybe turn to the right, turn to the left and just say, how can I pray for you? Tell, tell me your name if you don't know their name and start with that and just say, what's going on in your, in your life that, um, that God, that you want prayer for? And, and then just stop right there and just pray for that person. And then, and then flip the roles and, 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 uh, and say, hey, how can I pray for you? And, you know, we're not talking about just kind of surface level stuff. We're, we're talking about deeper things. And, and one of the things I have in my notes for the, for the message is oftentimes I think, what gets in the way is we're embarrassed about what's going on in our life. We don't want to share what we really need prayer for on the deepest level in the deepest way. And so we, we miss out on what God has for us because of our own insecurities. And I want to encourage you this morning, God's inviting you to, to transcend those insecurities and cut straight to it. Because if we really believe that prayer matters and we really believe that um, God answers prayer and God works through God's people for that purpose, then we'd be running to prayer. We'd be grabbing everybody we could say, find and say, would you pray for me? Here's what I'm going through. Would you pray for me? 
And so that's what we're going to do right now. So I want to invite you to grab somebody and just say, how can I pray for you? And we'll see how long this takes. Maybe this is the message itself. If there's time, then I'll share a little bit more from God's word on, on this. But this is it. This is Romans 12, 13. Be aware of the needs of the people and meet them. Is essentially what Paul's saying. And he's talking to the church in Rome. He's not talking to the pastors in Rome. He's not talking to the elders in Rome. He's talking to the people who attend the church. And he's saying, look, there's people around you with great needs and you're not aware of that. I mean, everything that Paul writes about, you can just like reverse that and assume that that he's writing for a reason and a purpose. So he's saying, hey, you need to pray for each other. That probably means that they're probably not doing it well. And so community's always been a strength at Washington Church, but I feel like God wants to take that community to an even deeper level. And this is a way to do that. It's to know what's going on in the lives of the people who are right near you and right around you, the people who you've stood by for maybe years and you've been four to six feet away and you don't even know what's going on in their lives. So I'd love to see that begin to change. And so here we go. learn something today about somebody you didn't know? Okay. How many of you felt encouraged, um, felt like the Lord was present, somebody was praying for you this morning? How many of you needed prayer this morning? Okay. Have a seat. There's a couple things I'm going to highlight because you just did it. So that that was it. That was the message. Um, Better than anything I could say. Um, but let me share some, some just a couple things that stood out to me that I think was, was really good. Uh, Romans 12, 13, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality is what Paul says. And, and all of this is, uh, in my Bible, this is it, all of what is being said starts at verse 9 and, and goes through 13. And, and there's kind of a section break there. And so as you're reading the scriptures, always keep that in mind that uh, the main theme that he starts with is love. So everything he talks about after nine deals directly with love. So the fact that we need to be aware of the needs of, of people is because of love. And many places Paul intentionally talks about things that, that the body of Christ should be doing, and he uses the imperative form, the command form to say it, but in this instance he doesn't. And I think the reason he doesn't say, you know, hey, you should be loving each other is because he doesn't want to have to say that. He wants it to flow out of us. He wants the movement of God, the the Spirit of God within to pour forth and and to to be made manifest in in the followers of Jesus. And so I I think he's really wanting that to happen, but he doesn't want to demand it to happen because he knows it has to flow from the Father through us. Just just as Jesus was obedient in that way and loved the people around him. So one, I'm going to share two Greek words with you this morning, and then I'll kind of wrap up, um, and uh, it'll be one of the shortest Jimmy sermons you've ever heard. Um, the first one, I'll, I'll put it up on the screen so you can see it, but it's, it's koinonontes is how you say it, uh, but it's where we get our word koinonia from. Anybody heard that word koinonia before? Okay, there's, there's two main words that describe the church um, that Paul uses to describe the church. One is ecclesia, and, and that means to be called out. 
So ekklesia, ek means out, klesia means to call from kaleo. So literally the called out ones. So if you're a follower of Jesus at that time, you were seen as the ones called out. And then koinonia means in common, something shared in common. And that's also what the church was about because the church shared in common their faith and belief that Jesus Christ was who he said he was, that he was God. And he was the Lord and the Savior of the universe. And so if you held that faith, if you believed that, then you were koinonia. You were sharing in common with the belief and the faith of the people who are around you who also shared that belief. And so those people came together and they worshipped the Lord. They came for encouragement. They came for building up. They came to be instructed from God's word and from, from the disciples and the apostles on how to live faith because they didn't have what we have today. Okay, so they had stories, and they shared from experiences, and that's why our experiences are so valuable to us. They're, they're a crucial part of following Jesus. We can't toss them aside. They belong, and they fit in that way. But when it comes to living this out, we have to be, again, aware. We have to know. See, we can't know, we can't meet the needs of the people around us if we don't know the needs of the people around us. And so one of the first things we have to do is, is find ways to, to learn about the needs of the people around us. And I preached, I don't know how many weeks ago, about back in Romans 12, 4, 4 through 5, and you can go back on our website and listen to that message, but let me just read that passage to you. It says this, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the other. And so oftentimes with faith, we get into this understanding that we're doing this by ourselves or we're walking alone, and that's just not what God's Word says. We need community. We need connection. We need each other. And the moment we start thinking we don't need each other, we're actually being disobedient to what the Lord has for us. Or the moment we think we could do it on our own, we're believing a lie, because we weren't meant to do it on our own. We're better together. Coming together, worshiping together, encouraging each other. That's why we have small groups and discipleship groups and different forms of community and gathering. But Sunday morning is such a crucial part of that. But Sunday morning shouldn't be a time where you come and you sit and you worship and you have this experience. That's great. But if your experience doesn't go beyond yourself and integrate with people around you, then you're not having the full experience that God wants you to be having as a fellowship and a community of faith. It just doesn't work that way. And oftentimes, like I said before, what keeps us from reaching out or being prayed for by others is this thought that either I don't deserve it, or maybe I'm not good enough, or I don't want to share what I really need prayer for because I'm embarrassed by that. Or oftentimes, right now in life, it's overwhelming. So we feel so overwhelmed. How can I begin to possibly take on the needs of others or even help other people with those needs because my schedule's so filled, my job's chaotic, I'm raising little, little ones, all those things, absolutely true. But I hope what you experienced and what we did over the last 10 minutes was no matter where you're at in life, how hard it is, how frustrating it is, because you were designed and made to pour yourself out to others, when you do that, it fills you and it brings healing in your life. Regardless of how wounded you are, you are never so far wounded or so far lost that God can't use you to bless somebody else. And when you begin to live into that truth and you begin to believe that that's true of you, and so you realize, my tank is empty, but I know if I begin to reach out to others, 
in my reaching out, in my serving, God's going to fill me up. Because that's, again, that's what you're designed to do. That doesn't mean you constantly expend yourself. And there are times where you just have to say, can you pray for me? Because I got nothing left. But most of the time, I think we run on kind of with the E-light on. Um, Daniel and I were just having this conversation. I have one car that if I'm driving it and the, and the light pops on, I have like a gallon or less left because it's a German car and they figure, well, the driver's responsible and they're going to pull into a gas station right away. Um, and for me, it's like, okay, 36 miles to go. Um, and then my wife's car, she, she has a minivan and she has one of those big 20-gallon gas tank. And when the light comes on, there's five gallons left. So the Japanese are like, we know the Americans aren't responsible to stop and pay attention, and they probably will run out of gas, so we're going to make that light come on so early so there's no possible way they can run out of gas. And I think for us, we, we operate in those zones, especially right now with COVID, where we often feel like we're running on empty. And for some of us, empty looks like we have a gallon left, and so we really be paying attention, and sometimes we feel like we feel like the light's on, but we actually have five gallons left, and we, if we were to tap into that and, and step back and say, no, 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 I actually have a hundred miles to go. That's how I see it, at least. And I have something to give. I mean, not have a lot, but I still have something to give. And ironically, when we begin to give that away by serving and, and praying over others and entering into people's pain and suffering, we're blessed, and God lifts us up. And fills our tank in that way. He goes on to, to talk about um, the second part of, of that phrase. He says, practice hospitality. Hospitality is something that's huge in the Middle East. Still is to this day. And if you, if you uh, have outreaches to people who are from the Middle East. Or you have friends who are pe- from, from the Middle East. Or you've had the privilege of going to the Middle East. You know that hospitality is like everything. Like, people will literally give you their last whatever they have to be hospitable. So their last food, their last water, whatever it is. Because in the desert, you got to imagine this, when the scriptures are being written, these are desert people, and oftentimes we don't identify with that um, because we have water abundant, and we can go to Walmart, and we can go to Costco, and we can get whatever we want whenever we want. But in this time frame, if you're in the desert, if you're walking in the desert, and you, something happens to you, you run out of water, and you come across a tent, somebody who can help you, you, you need that to survive. If, they, if they're not hospitable to you, you may die. And so that culture understands that, and so there's a mutuality around the hospitality in that way. One of my favorite stories about hospitality that Jesus tells is the neighbor that, <coughs> that comes at midnight. You guys know this from Luke, let's see, where is it? Luke 11. You can, I'll encourage you to read it on your own. Luke 11 um, and, he, and he emphasizes this for prayer and seeking the Lord, but I love the image he uses for hospitality. Essentially, what happens is um, this, this, these neighbors, one has a friend that comes to them late, and this friend is in need. They need something. They've been a traveler. They come, and, and, uh, and this person can't meet their needs. They don't have the water. They don't have the bread that they can make, and so they nervously go to their neighbor and ask for help. Well, the problem is it's late at night. I think Jesus says it's around midnight. And he's banging on the door. Please, I, I have a friend who's come, and I can't be hospitable to them. Would you help me be hospitable to them? And again, in this culture of hospitality, that's a major thing. It's almost like a dishonor not being able to be hospitable. 
And so the friend, the one who's, who's in the house says, no, I've hunkered down. Literally, I've barricaded the door. My kids are in bed. I'm not getting up, which is part of, again, part of the culture. Um, and this guy just keeps knocking. Like, no, I'm not leaving until you, until you give me what I need. Please give me what I need. And finally, he relents, and he gets out of bed, and he gives the person what he needs. And Jesus basically says, I want your prayer life to look like that. But it's a powerful image of hospitality. It's like, I'm, not going to, I'm going to dishonor myself and be a super annoyance to my neighbor so I can live out this hospitality piece that I'm supposed to live out. And so he won't, he won't let go. And there's story after story of hospitality. And this is what he says. He says, practice hospitality. A couple of verses that I think are crucial. Hebrews 13, 2 says this, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. One of the most powerful things I think Jesus says is he links himself to humanity and people. He says, if you've ever helped somebody in need, you've helped me. And by doing that, Jesus is basically bringing himself alongside of those in need. So if you've ever given somebody a drink who's needed it, he said, you're serving me. If you've ever given clothes or shelter, or gone to see somebody in prison, you've done that. And they say, they say, when did we help you, Lord? Right, the response is. And, and those, and of course, all of us would answer like the other group who says, Lord, if we would have known it was you, we would have gladly helped, right? It'd be easy. If we knew Jesus was in need, man, hopefully all of us, whether we believed in him or not, would be like, whoa, you're Jesus. Let me help you. And yet Jesus is saying, how you treat the people around you, and how you treat those, especially those in need, is, is, is me. That's, that's me. You're loving on me when you do that. The other verse that I think is really good is, is 1 Peter 4. He says this, offer hospitality to, to one another without grumbling. Oof, that's a tough one. Without the, I'm, good without, I'm good with everything, but without the grumbling part, that's the part I got to work on. All right. And then he goes on to, to say, each, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And again, hospitality is a, a spiritual gift, but absolutely, and we'll get into that. We're going to talk about the spiritual gifts sometime soon. They're coming, and we'll go through each and every one of them. And my heart and my desire for each and every one of us at Washington is that you discover your gift and begin to live out of that gift. But hospitality is one of those gifts. But like this situation, there are certain things in scriptures we're all supposed to do regardless if they're sp our spiritual gift or not. Like loving one another. Or like giving, right? Scriptures say, hey, there's a spiritual gift of giving. That means it flows easier for some people and they're to be even more generous, but we're all to be giving. When it comes to hospitality, same thing. There's a spiritual gift of hospitality that flows easier and more vibrant for some, but we're all supposed to be hospitable. That's what Paul says. Practice hospitality. The final word I want to teach you in the Greek, uh, diokontes, it, it, it means. And this is the word that Paul translates, or that is translated of Paul as practice. And I want to, I want to give you a better translation. Because this is kind of downplaying this word. Because this word is also used in 1 Timothy 6.11. Okay, which, which Paul's writing to Timothy and, and he's kind of encouraging him and mentoring him. He says this, pursue righteousness godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. All those are fabulous things, but that word pursue is the same word. And so they use practice hospitality in, in Romans. They, use, they translate it as pursue in 1 Corinthians. I like pursue much better than practice. I mean, we are to be practicing it, 
in the same way that, that doctors call themselves practicing or, or lawyers call it a practice, um, although you're like, yeah, I want you to get it right with me as your client, especially if you're cutting into my head or, or repairing something. Um, but nonetheless, they recognize they're practicing it. They call it practice because they're getting better at it and they're growing at it, and there's never really an arrival in those, in those places. The same thing is true of hospitality. But in this word, it also means to run swiftly, to press on, to be given to, to seek after eagerly, to earnestly endeavor to acquire. What if we, cha- what if we took that definition? Earnestly endeavor to acquire hospitality. Run after hospitality. And the only way to do that is to, to do it, to practice it in that way. But I, I, I want to go even push us farther than just practicing, because practicing has different levels. Like we can practice kind of half-heartedly, and we can practice wholeheartedly. But you can't, if you translate it as run hard after, there's only one way to do that. That's like Olympic style, right, hospitality. Um, it's really going after it in a hard way. It's pursuing it with what we have, because God cares about people. And he wants us to care about people in the same way. So I want to give us just some things to finish with and to think about and to carry on into to next and to work at this. The first thing is this. <clears throat> I was having a, a, I had a great dinner. My wife and I had dinner with two, two pastors who are co- towards the end of their time uh, pastoring. Just amazing men that have been really encouraging to both of us. And one of them... Um, works with lots of churches, and so he works with lots of pastors, and he encourages lots of pastors, and one of the statistics that I had not heard, and it just kind of floored me, it floored me, then I stopped, and I thought about it, and I was like, "Mm, it's discouraging. It was this. In the church, kind of uh, in in America at least, 38% of church population have returned after COVID to worship. 38, less than half of the people in churches. I mean, you look around here, we're not at 38%, but we're not where we were before. And, and I just, there's a list on my desk, and I'm going to start reaching out to the, those people, and there's about 100 and some people on that list um, that are, are still around, but, and, I'm, and I need to figure out what's going on in their life, and I want to come around them and meet with them and pray for them um, and, and just encourage them, but 38%. So here's, here's, how do we do this practically? How do we run after um, loving each other and meeting each other's needs and practicing hospitality? Um, so here's my question. Who's someone you have not seen for a while? Somebody you're aware of or you haven't seen for a while. And you're thinking, where are they? And how can you reach out to them and see how they're doing? How can you encourage them? Text, meet in person, send them an email, write them a note, some, some way. So that's, how do we practice hospitality? That's, that's one way. Here's another way. You're not going to like it. Change where you sit. Ooh, that shouldn't have to be like that big a deal. Uh, I remember back in the day, they used to have like assigned pews and like your name was in your pew because you paid for it. Um, These pews are paid for. So maybe come in and sit somewhere else. And some of you have done that, which is super encouraging. Actually, even this morning. Um, I love that. Change where you sit. There's one of those old, old adages about like growth and wanting to change, and that is, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So how do we practice hospitality? How do I begin to learn about those needs of the people around me so I can be active in, in meeting those needs? Change your environment. 
Change your mentality, but change your environment. But again, if you don't want to do this, it's not going to happen. So this is a heart thing. And remember, it all comes from love, right? This, is, this whole section is around love. Paul's saying, hey, this is how we love each other, because this, this is a chapter on community. And so how do we love each other? Well, we reach out to each other. We practice hospitality. So that's the first thing. Number two, actively connect with one person who you didn't show up with, or maybe you're not friends with on Sunday morning. And maybe one of the ways that we can begin to practice hospitality as a church community is that we begin to shift maybe where, how often we spend time with the people we're comfortable with on a regular basis. I'm not saying, you know, you let go of your friends. I'm just saying if, if you don't have any room to meet new people, then you're not going to meet new people. Third thing, pray that God would bring people into your life or reveal to you who to connect with. If you start, there's something really powerful about prayer, that we need to come to a place as a community, I had to go through this process, where you actually begin to believe it matters. Arguably, one of the, if not the most important thing that we can do as human beings is commune with the Lord in prayer. I think it's Dallas Willard that said, prayer is everything. And everything flows through prayer. And so if you begin to pray this prayer, Lord, show me the needs of the people around me, it'll rock your world. Because God will answer that prayer. God wants to answer that prayer. That's one, of it, that's one of the places in his heart that's most dear to him is his children. And if he has some of his other children saying, Lord, I, Father, I want to help you and partner with you and meet those needs. God will begin to show you things. It might be a vision it might be an image. It might be a scripture passage. You might get a random note from somebody. I, I love how this happens where, like, God, show me this. Show me who needs help. And all of a sudden you get a text message like, I don't have time for you right now. Lord, show me the person you really want me to reach out to and invest in right now. It's that old adage of the person who's like hanging off the side of the cliff and he's like, Lord, come to me and help me out of this. And somebody was like, hey, here's a rope. And he's like, no, no, I'm waiting on the Lord to help me out of this. And he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll go then. But when we get to that place where we humble ourselves and add that to our daily time in prayer, which, which I would encourage you to be having, Lord, show me who you want me to reach out to today. And that might be a text message, that might be a phone call, it might be just five minutes of your time, it might be three hours of your time, I don't know. But God will show you where and how to move forward, because that's what God's like. The last thing I was going to invite us to do is to pray for one another at the end of my message. But uh, you guys got to do that. And, you know, this is, again, Washington Church, one of the strengths of Washington, we just had a staff retreat this, this week. We got away as a staff. We, we went to uh, one of the families here, let us use their homes. We're so grateful for that. And so we got away, and it was a beautiful setting, and we got time by ourselves. We got time to process, and and we, we were talking about community. That was one of the things we talked about. And Washington has always had a strong sense of community. That's always been an attribute, even since I've been here for years and years and years. Um, and, but I'm thinking to myself, how, how do we go even farther? How does God take us to that next place? And, uh, and so, again, vulnerability, openness, love, being led by the Lord, being led by His Spirit. Those are things that, that we need to do. So, um, Let's, let's stand together, and, and I'll give you the benediction, since we're kind of running out of time. And what I want to do for the benediction uh, is something that we've been doing. 
but we didn't do it last week because we, I preached on something else besides Romans 12, but that is just read God's word. So Maggie, if you could put Romans 12 up there and we'll end with, uh, we've been reading through Romans 12 and, and every time we, we've been doing one verse uh, every Sunday and every time we add a verse to it. And, um, and I just think it's whenever, in my mind as a, as a, as a speaker and as a pastor um, with a conviction of trying to communicate the Lord's, God's word to you guys, whenever I hear scripture just read out loud, it's always good. It's always good because it doesn't return void. And so for us to speak God's word is, is, is a good thing. So let's do that together. We're going to read through Romans 12, uh, 1 through 13. So would you join me? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to you, every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the gifts to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. It is teaching, then teach. If it is so to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.